From Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes. We break down the big political news affecting Wisconsin. I'm Mayan Silver, today speaking with Jeff Mayers, president of WizPolitics.com. He'll provide a roundup of the Wisconsin developments you need to know. Here's our latest conversation. Okay, hi there, Jeff. Hi, Mayan. How are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, great, so let's jump into this. Uh, some Republicans in the legislature are not happy with the state's nonpartisan top election official, Megan Wolf, staying in her post. Uh, the GOP-controlled Senate has voted to oust her. To remind some people, some in the GOP have focused in on her because of their displeasure with the 2020 election, despite the fact that it happened during a pandemic, there was negligible proven fraud, and the results were confirmed over and over again in recounts and reviews of all sorts. But can you just remind us about this procedurally tricky wolf saga? <laughs> yeah, you wonder if they get rid of Megan Wolf, who else would want this job? I mean, in many ways, Megan Wolf is standing up for clerks all over the state, really. And I think she has a lot of support within the clerk ranks, whether they're clerks in blue counties or red counties or blue cities or red cities. You know, she's, I, I think, has a lot of support in the clerk community. She also, I think, has background, you know, the Senate is much more focused on this. The GOP Senate is much more focused on getting rid of Megan Wolf than the state assembly is. In fact, the Senate president, Kapinga, who's from Delafield, encouraged Robin Voss to join him in trying to impeach Megan Wolf. And uh, basically, uh, Robin Voss said, well, let's wait to see how the process works out, see how the court challenges work out. Work out. So, you know, this is a saga. Um, you have the Elections Commission deadlocked on there uh, with Democrats trying to make sure that uh, she stayed in that post and the Republicans in the Senate pressing forward, trying to reject her. And then Josh Call, the attorney general, going to court to say that the Senate actions are null and void. And so there's a lot of drama and chaos associated with the commission. And that worries people because there's a big, two big elections next year in Wisconsin. There's potentially the redistricted uh, legislature, potentially, but you also have the U.S. Senate election with Tammy Baldwin, and you're going to have the presidential election. And if the Elections Commission is in chaos, what would that mean for a really close election in a purple state that could decide the presidential election? So it's a long and winding road to tell the story, but there, there, and there's a lot of drama and there's a lot of politics, but there are the important thing is where will the commission be in terms of administering state elections come November of next year? So Megan Wolf is a nonpartisan head administrator of the Elections Commission, but the Elections Commission itself is made up of six people, three appointed by Republicans, three appointed by Democrats. Democrats appointed someone this past May, um, former Milwaukee County clerk Joe Zarneski. What's been happening with with that appointment? So uh, I guess he could be collateral damage in all of this. Uh, you know, so Zorneski uh, joins the commission. He's an, appoint he's an appointee, a Democratic appointee to the election commission. He joins the commission just before this vote that we talked about, the deadlocked vote where uh, Democratic commissioners were trying to assure that Megan Wolf uh, stayed on there by abstaining. So he joined in that. And that really made 
GOP senators angry. Again, they're really focused on the commission. So that made them angry. And so he had yet to be confirmed in this post. So now recently there was a hearing and a vote in the in a Senate committee led by uh, a relatively new senator, Dan Canodal from Germantown. And uh, the Republicans on the committee uh, rejected him. That doesn't mean the full Senate can't take him up, but they, they rejected the nomination. They, they failed to advance the nomination with their support. And, uh, you know, that brought a strong reaction from uh, Governor Tony Evers. You know, he called it idiotic. He says they're just doing it because I'm governor. And he said, you know, this is, this is not going to encourage anybody to want to, to volunteer their time for any appointment when, you know, they're treated like this. But it's sort of like if the Republicans can't get Wolf, then, you know, they'll take Zarnesky in the meantime. So, um, uh, yeah, he could be collateral damage. Again, we don't know for sure whether this will come before the full Senate um, and uh, what will happen. But, uh, you know, again, it's part of the overall drama and chaos associated uh, with the commission. So, again... Where you know Republicans again, the two houses are not fully in agreement that that Wolf has to go. The Senate is much more on that path, and uh, so we'll see how it uh, it plays out. But uh, it's just another uh, step in the drama, I guess. You're tuned into Lake Effect. This is WUWM's Mayan Silver speaking with Jeff Mayers, president of WISPolitics.com. Well, on that note, Don Millis, the GOP, I mean, you've mentioned there's a lot more support in the Senate to get rid of Wolf than in the Assembly. There are Republicans who say that Megan Wolf should stay in her position as administrator, at least through the 2024 election, that she's a good person to push back against conspiracy theories, that doing otherwise would be bad for the election and bad politically for Republicans. What's the momentum among legislative Republicans to agree with him? Well, I think opinion is divided. I think those in very conservative districts, I think, are continuing to try to make up for what happened in 2020 and to blame Wolf for those. Even though, you know, in many respects, she was just carrying out the, as the administrator. She wasn't the decision maker. She was the administrator. So, you know, again, these, uh, the whole 2020 election sort of lives on. And so I think that a lot of the institutionalists within the Republican Party in Wisconsin want to move on. They want to talk about the future. They don't want to talk about the past. And I would count Robin Voss among those. I mean, I think he's, he said that, you know, he had his brush with Trump, almost got knocked off in a primary. He and others just kind of want to move on, talk about the future. I think Don Millis, who is an appointee of Voss on the Elections Commission, is reflecting that point of view. Now, again, uh, <laughs> Donald Trump is still around and still exerting his influence, uh, you know, he's exerting, is exerting his influence in the U.S. House leadership election for speaker, uh, you know, these extraordinary times. And so these matters just don't die and go away. I think that, uh, you know, Republicans are having to deal with these every day. This is one facet of what they're dealing with. And, you know, that's also reflected in the fact that these articles of impeachment are circulated by people like Janelle Branchin, who was at part of the Assembly Committee on Elections and was right who got booted who, who got booted by Voss and his allies in the caucus. You know, I mean, so 
Robin Voss and Devin Lemonhue have very big caucuses, extraordinarily big. Okay, that may change, but they have them now. They're more conservative than they've ever been in recent times. I think anything that the leaders do has to be taken into context of what their caucuses are like. They're elected by these caucuses. Uh, there are factions within the caucuses. And so I think that the leaders have to deal with those. On that note, another GOP effort in the legislature includes proposals to restrict access to medical procedures connected to transitioning for trans people, as well as limiting athletes to their birth gender. These are bills that the GOP has circulated, along with a bill that is trying to criminalize being naked in public after several naked bike rides happened in the state. What's being uncovered in this debate? (laughs) Pun intended. Um, Look, um, so the fall of a legislative session is often devoted to message sending to the base. That, I think you have to just recognize that here's an issue that polls well within the base and could provide, you know, Republican strategists think that certainly the anti-trans stuff or at least the anti-trans athlete issue could be a crossover thing could uh, garner some independent votes. Now, you know, I don't know. Election's a long time away, November 2024. So will those things and the national messaging on that, will that peel away maybe some, um, you know, Democratic leaners and get them to go Republican? Well, I don't know. But, I mean, uh, for the most part, this is about inspiring the base People are passionate on both sides of this, of course. And I think it's noteworthy that the uh, state school superintendent, Joe Underly, had an open letter that was impassioned, you know, saying, you know, you're, you know, you're hurting kids. But, you know, their passions are high. They're, we've seen this at some of the legislative hearings. The thing is, these bills are not going to go anywhere, right? They can pass the legislature, but um, the legislature does not have the ability they're close to it, but they don't have the ability to override Governor Evers' vetoes. So why does the legislature do things that they know will get, won't go anywhere? Well, it's about politics. I mean, shocking. But, you know, that's what happens. JR has said on this podcast that they've re- refrained from doing those more hot-button things, you know, banning some books, getting involved in the culture wars to some extent throughout this past legislative session. But now that 2024 is more rapidly approaching, you're seeing some more of this. Right. And then there is usually then the other, the corollary to that is when you enter the election year, then there's usually some movement to do some big bipartisan things to show that they, you know, once they took care of the knitting on the uh, the base, now they're going to say, hey, you know, we did these big things too. So that's where maybe the Brewers' maintenance bill comes through, which will require Democratic votes to do. It can't be an all-Republican thing. Maybe there would be finally some movement agreement on um, some sort of tax relief that hasn't gone through because of disputes between the governor who wants middle-class tax relief and the Republicans who have their vision uh, that doesn't fit with Evers' vision of how to use the surplus money. We've got $4 billion of surplus money sitting sitting there. 
you can see campaign ads about, you know, how come Republicans aren't, uh, you know, allowing Evers to have his middle class tax cut and distribute the money and Republicans saying, why is Evers sitting on, you know, this money? So you can see these these uh, election year things coming to bear. Now, could there be movement on the tax thing? You know, there was such um, a divide after the budget that it may take a while. If there is to be a bipartisan agreement, it may take a while. And maybe that's the kind of thing that can happen in in an election year so that uh, both sides can say they achieved this bipartisan thing. On the note of the Brewers, uh, where do you think things stand with the proposed Brewers deal? What's been the latest on that? Well, you know, I don't have any doubt that it will happen. Uh, you know, um, I don't think it's tied to the, the Brewers, uh, you know, going to the World Series since they're not. Uh, you know, I, you know, uh, certainly that would be a bonus. Uh, hey, they went to the World Series. We ought to reward them with this. No, but there are real questions. You know, there's there's talk about a ticket tax. You know, and the brewers don't like the ticket tax idea. Um, they don't want to raise prices. But they're kind of opening up on whether they should uh, develop uh, maybe more of the uh, the massive parking lots, the tailgating uh, space. Um, and, and could it be more like uh, it is at uh, Pfizer Forum? So, um, you know, uh, uh you know, the clean deal that the Brewers uh, you maybe had hoped would have come when, when Evers said, let's use part of the surplus and put it into a fund and that'll be the maintenance fund. Um, you know, it's going to get complicated. Um, and, um, but, uh, um, you know, so the issues remain, should the city and county, how much should they chip in? The, the uh, Republican Rob Brooks from Sockville, who's shepherding this, bill through the assembly uh, has indicated that the initial ask from the county and the city would wouldn't be uh, would come down a little bit okay so that's that that's a fungible point the ticket tax is that going to happen maybe that's an issue auditing the stadium board you know that seems like an easy one like oh who could could be against an audit right Um, you know uh, just to make sure everything is okay so the general shape of the bill i think is there I think we're, you know, um, and I think it will eventually happen. It doesn't have to happen now. It can happen in the spring before they adjourn. All right. We'll keep an eye on all this. Uh, Thanks for filling in for JR, Jeff. It's been great having you on Capital Notes. Okay. Thank you, Maya. That was Jeff Mayers, president of WizPolitics.com, speaking with me, WUWM's Mayan Silver. Listen for our segments with J.R. Ross every other Monday with an extended segment on Lake Effect and check out the Capital Notes podcast wherever you get your podcasts.